Many years ago, while being shown around an ancient site in Mexico, our guide paused to point out a large, green, spiky plant. That's maguey, he said. That's a medicine plant. We'll look at how this ties in with this, Tricina, after I welcome you to episode 29 of Navigating the Energies of Life, a podcast that looks at how the energies of the Maya calendar are at work in the world and how they apply to daily lives. This is Marguerite Paquin, back after skipping the podcast for the last Tricina, the last 13-day period, which was storm-related. And as it happened on the very first day, which is always an initiating day, a storm in the Pacific rapidly intensified into the first super typhoon of the year. Apparently, it reached a maximum intensity of 315 kilometers per hour at super high speed. So that was right on schedule. And then, very near the end of the Tresina, that storm-related energy period said, "Mm, I'm not done yet, and brought thunderstorms to the southeastern U.S. that were so severe that it spawned tornadoes and hurled softball-sized hail, some three to four inches or more in diameter. You can see these in some videos and images that battered several parts of Texas and Oklahoma, including cities such as San Antonio and Fort Worth, causing extensive damage, can imagine, hitting a car. All part of the storm, Tresina. But that energy has now shifted, thank goodness. I'll get back to the Maguey in a moment. First, for anyone new to this podcast, this is a podcast that accompanies my horoscope blog that tracks the energies of the Maya calendar as those energies manifest in the world at large, as well as in personal lives. The blog has been going for many years, and my research in this field has spanned several decades The core of this calendrical system is a cycle of 260 days that involves the interconnecting and cycling of 20 unique solar forces in combination with 13 unique numerical powers to create a count of days called a Zulkan. Each of the 260 days in the cycle is unique, and every person carries the energetic imprint of the forces that were in play at the time of their birth. Both the blog and this podcast follow the Mesoamerican calendrical tradition of timekeeping involving tracinas, 13-day periods, each of which has a particular theme that ties in with the initiating energy or the first day of whatever Tresina we happen to be in. As I just mentioned, the first day of the Tresina that just finished was the initiation of storm or catalyzation, and that was when that super typhoon whipped up. Currently, we're in the ebb Tresina, 
which relates to the general idea of revitalization. So all 13 days within this time frame will be influenced by this in some way. So let's get back to the Magway. When we were first told that this was a medicine plant, we had no idea what that meant, and certainly no idea about its connection with the Maya calendar or with any particular days. As I found out later, Magway is a particularly versatile plant with its fibers, leaves, thorns, and sap used for all sorts of things, from clothing to tools to fuel to medicine. It's the basis for both tequila and pulque, which is a mildly alcoholic and somewhat lesser-known cousin of tequila. At least these days it's a lesser-known cousin. But it's deeply rooted in Mexican traditions and was drunk for its nutritional and digestive properties for centuries. In my blog, there is an adaptation by artist Richard Balthazar of an image from a pre-Columbian codex, a picture book, that shows the Aztec goddess Mayahual rising out of a maguey plant. She was thought of as being the patron or overseer of this 13-day period, which is aligned with the idea of revitalization. And pulque was seen as being a part of that. Often the first day of this period, one ebb, is symbolized by a jawbone with grass growing out of it relating to the idea of the essence of life pushing through, even if it seems that something is dead. It's kind of the idea of an unstoppable, animating vitality that's completely intent on bringing life back. Something like what we see with all the new shoots coming out at this time of year. Life just springing forth everywhere, often generating its own pathways as it pushes forward. There's a kind of um, celebrational energy that just wants to go, sometimes even to the point of excess, as we see in the garden when all the weeds want to celebrate life along with the flowers. So this is kind of where pulque comes in as a symbol of excess. Tied in with all this, there are a number of different symbols used to represent this energy, including grass, twisted grass, and road or pathway, as well as that jawbone idea. Now, here we have a problem, as at this point in our human history, we have a fierce competition going on between life and death. We're in an energy zone that wants, really wants, to push life forward. But we're also in the middle of a pandemic. 
more than that, the numbers in many places are completely out of control and healthcare systems are breaking down. The virus, it seems, wants to push forward as well. So let's have a look at this through the lens of the Maya calendar. Keep in mind that this, Justina, is also about the opening up of new pathways. So all of this really started two cycles ago. That's two times 260 days. So 520 days ago then, the very first day of this time period opened with a warning from environmental scientists that the world may already have crossed a series of climate tipping points, posing a risk that they called an existential threat to civilization, putting us into a state of planetary emergency. They were warning about the potential damage from tipping points such as planetary warming that could have dire consequences. As they said 520 days ago, the time to act is short, and so they were calling for urgent international action, since, they said, to err on the side of danger is not a responsible option. So that was the first day of this Tresina. Then, just 11 days later, on Maya Day 12 Akbal, came the first hint of what was to come. I should just mention that 12 Akbal is a very intense force near the end of the Tresina. That was the energy in place when that devastating tsunami struck Southeast Asia in 2004. After a 9.0 earthquake ripped apart the ocean floor off the coast of Sumatra. Yes, that tsunami, the one that killed over 230,000 people and left more than 2 million people homeless. Now, that kind of thing doesn't happen all the time, of course, but it has often brought some devastating weather conditions and some other intense events. Again, that's a 12, so it's close to the end of the Tresina when there is greater intensity. But two cycles ago, in December of 2019, it brought something else, something very unexpected. And yes, I'm sure you guessed. That was when one of the first cases of coronavirus was detected in Wuhan, China. And so it began. The first inkling of a path that was beginning to open up that nobody wanted to follow. And yet, it has affected the entire planet. Just under 
five months later, we arrived at May 1st, 2020. By that time, the global number of COVID-19 cases had reached over 3,400,000, with well over a million of those being in the U.S. Almost 240,000 people had lost their lives to it globally. That was 10,000 people more than the estimated 230,000 people killed by that tsunami. Of those 240,000, some 65,000 were in the U.S., which had, and still has by far, the world's highest count of cases. At that time, the epicenter was New York, where over 315,000 cases had been registered as of that day. By that time, the global number of cases had increased by 1 million over the preceding 13 days. But despite what was clearly happening, there were those in so-called leadership positions who were either ignoring the situation or choosing to grossly downplay it. In many places, people were trying to ease up on whatever restraints were in place, even though they weren't even close to doing adequate testing, and vaccinations were nowhere in sight. It's noteworthy that by that point, May 1st, 2020, that was Maya Day 1 Lamat, which is a very, very important signaler or herald type of energy heralding what was to come. So that was May 1st, one year ago. So let's now look at one cycle ago. So that's 260 days. The beginning of this ebb, Tristina, which was in mid-August last year. By then, the global number of COVID-19 cases had reached over 21 million, an increase of over 17 million in less than four months. By the end of the Tresina, 13 days later, 3 million more cases had been added to the global roster. The situation in the U.S. was a disaster but the dumpster was too busy attacking the U.S. Postal Service and was offering worse than no leadership with regard to the pandemic. At that time, many seemed to think that if you just ignored it, it would magically disappear on its own. In the meantime, Joe Biden had become the Democratic presidential candidate, and Kamala Harris had agreed to be his running mate, and they were both calling for a nationwide mask mandate, a glimmer of hope in the midst of absolute chaos. So that was one cycle ago. 
Fast forward one more cycle and we come to yesterday's one ebb on April 30th with 152 million COVID-19 cases registered globally and the U.S. registering over 33 million, almost double the number from one cycle before. The good news, of course, is that many more people are taking this seriously. Most are wearing masks and taking other safety precautions. And as we all know, life overall has changed significantly in terms of how we interact with others and how business is being done. One big difference is that a number of countries and regions are realizing that lockdowns and restrictions are essential, whether we like it or not, if we're ever going to bring this horror to an end. Another difference, of course, has been the rollout of vaccination programs, something that President Biden, oh, sounds so good on the tongue, President Biden has been adamant about. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said yesterday that almost 145 million people in the U.S. have received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine, and over one million have been fully vaccinated. So this is a life-related pathway that is developing, albeit far too slowly in many places. The situation in India right now is horrific. Close to 20 million registered cases and now growing at a rate of close to 400,000 new ones every day. There's no way of knowing where things will be by the end of this, Jacina, or by one cycle from now, which will be early next year. Back in the U.S., just before this Tresina began, President Biden gave his first historic address to a scaled-down joint session of Congress, with even Republicans wearing masks. Who would have thought? At that time, President Biden, yes, I love saying that, outlined many of the accomplishments of his first 100 days in office, particularly related to the pandemic and health care. And then he highlighted many of his key plans for the future, including his American jobs plan, his infrastructure plans, his American families plan, and many other legislative plans that touched on such things as climate change, gun control, education, foreign policy, and even research and development that's needed. He began by acknowledging the historic nature of having a woman speaker and a woman vice president sitting behind him. As he said, it's about time. Again, I thought the timing was interesting, as his speech, where he said that America is rising anew, 
working again, dreaming again, discovering again, leading the world again, has given people something to hold on to, to look forward to, especially as this ebb Tresina, aligned with healing and revitalization, clicks in. Also of note, Joe Biden was inaugurated on an ebb day, specifically five ebb, which could translate as the blessing of healing or the blessing of revitalization. And a hundred days later, we come to one ebb, the beginning of this Tristina, and look at what he's already done. So yes, there is a pathway with hope. And as Joe always says, possibilities. What I think we will see during this time is different pathways developing simultaneously along the lines of Ebb's twisted grass symbolism. The COVID pathway is far from over, but healing pathways are emerging. So we shall see. And in terms of life springing forward, it looks like the emergence of those cicadas in parts of the central, eastern, and southern U.S. is imminent. They're known as Brood X, and it's anticipated that this will be one of the largest emergences ever. So a monstrous cacophony is expected. This only happens every 17 years, but trillions, yes, trillions are expected. Apparently as many as 1.5 million per acre. Their lifespan is approximately four to six weeks. So this will cover, say, five to six Tresinas. But let's return to May 1st for a moment. The old farmer's almanac tells us that traditionally May Day, May 1st, marked the return of spring and the renewed gift of life. One old belief was that if you washed your face with dew on the morning of May 1st, it would not only beautify the skin, but would also bring good luck. This is a fun fact tie-in idea, since Jew definitely has a tie-in with Ebb's association with revitalization. In Britain, spring was traditionally welcomed by bringing in the May, by gathering cuttings of flowering trees to beautify homes, by weaving floral garlands and decorating trees with flowers. And then there are such gaieties as dancing round the maypole, joyful, festive traditions associated with fertility and even courtship. And all of that fits in perfectly with the energies of this Tresina. 
in the U.S. at this time, May 1st, which is when I'm recording this. It's even Arbor Day, dedicated to trees. In the Maya calendar, this is the Maya day known as Tuben, which is a generative energy associated with personal authority. Ben is a day symbolized by a pillar or reed or a tall stalk. So a, a tree, a tree like a maypole, fits in really well with this. This is also National Physicians Day in Canada, which ties in well with this medicinal or healing aspect to do with this time frame. Again, as noted in my blog, there are a number of special days coming up through this time frame that are oriented around health, medicine, and related services, such as National Nursing Week, International Nurses Day, the Canadian Mental Health Association's Mental Health Week, and International Firefighters Day, all within this Tresina. The personal authority part would tie in with the fact that this energy is coinciding with May 1st this time, and the 1st of May is celebrated in many countries as International Workers' Day. The origins of this go all the way back to 1886, when hundreds of thousands of American trade union workers took to the streets to demand the universal adoption of the eight-hour workday. And demonstrations have been taking place on this day ever since, including on this May 1st, even in the midst of a pandemic. Paris was under siege again today, as thousands of workers took part in labor union demonstrations and clashed with police. Apparently, over 100,000 people took part in some 300 marches across France, even though France has the fourth highest number of COVID-19 cases in the world and is the world's eighth highest in terms of coronavirus deaths. They have been registering over 30,000 new cases a day during this current wave. But despite all that, it was evident that not everyone was wearing a mask in the crowds, and social distancing was certainly not part of the picture. I'm just not sure what the logic would be in carrying a banner that reads, we want to live within that kind of context. Makes no sense to me. But they weren't alone, as similar demonstrations were taking place in a number of other countries, including in Indonesia, where marches were held in some 200 cities. In many ways, However, this was not surprising since this Tresina has carried many, many huge demonstrations in the past. 
including the massive Women's March in Washington, D.C., and in hundreds of other cities in the U.S. and around the world, six cycles ago, in January of 2017. On that one ebb day, which came in after one of the darkest days in the history of the U.S., as many have referred to the dumpster's inauguration day, it was heartening to see that sea of pink hats as over 470,000 fired-up people in Washington, D.C., pushed back against the immorality and hypocrisy associated with that election. With at least 408 similar marches taking place in cities across the U.S. and in hundreds of marches worldwide, all making a strong statement in support of humanitarian rights and equality and all calling for justice. That march brought hope and direction to a lot of people and a strong sense of purpose that sustained people through the following dark years. In many ways, that worldwide event became the inspiration for a whole new era of resistance, not only to that train wreck of a presidency, but also to many other issues such as the denial of climate change. Note as well the third day of this, Justina, which is a three-ish day, an activating energy aligned with Jaguar magic and transformation. Two cycles ago, in November of 2019, this was the energy in place when hundreds of thousands of young people took to the streets in 2,300 cities in 143 countries during the Fridays for Future climate action demonstrations, three days before the opening of the Climate Change Summit. One cycle before that, in March of 2019, the same energy was in place at the time of the Youth Strike for Climate, when an estimated 1.4 million young people took part in a coordinated global school walkout in 128 countries. It seemed, indeed, like the climate action movement that began during the Ebb Tresina that march essentially carried on in various forms for a full 260-day cycle in one form or another, culminating in that huge demonstration in November when this Tresina returned. Unfortunately, nothing really earth-shaking regarding climate change action really happened as a result of all that effort. Even though the EU Parliament did declare a global climate and environmental emergency and urged all EU countries to commit to net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. 
But 2050 is a long way away. And that was just the EU. The U.S. response at that time was nothing short of disastrous with regard to environmental protection and climate change. When this Tristina began on Friday, one ebb again, more evidence of this was presented by CNN when they published a report about the dumpster's border wall construction showing the scars carved through wilderness areas and the incredible amount of destruction that's already been done to the environment along the southern border. President Biden has put a stop to this, but it remains to be seen what will happen next. Environmentalists, of course, want the areas to be restored to their natural conditions. But as I think I've mentioned before, with so many examples worldwide of these kinds of atrocities, this complete disrespect for the natural world and its values, it might just be that Mother Nature, Gaia herself, has said, Okay, you had your chance. I just can't wait any longer. I'm going to have to step in and do something to force humankind to just stop everything and rethink the whole idea of how to exist on this planet without trashing it. Is that what has happened with COVID? It just makes one wonder. As we come to the fourth day of this Chasina, Monday, May 3rd, we come to something that was seen as a burner day within the Maya calendar. This is a day known as Four Men, a double sun type of energy relating to the high vision of the eagle. This burner day was seen as running with the fire, kind of like taking an idea or a challenge and running with it. It's an energy that can sometimes bring a great deal of firepower. And this is where things get quite intriguing. I have mentioned before that this was the Maya birth energy of John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the 35th U.S. President and the youngest man ever to be elected president. As everyone knows, there is a great mystique around him, particularly because of the glamour associated with his presidency, partly because of the vision that he brought to the position, partly because of his policies and accomplishments, such as his establishment of the Peace Corps, his support for the Civil Rights Movement, and his enthusiastic endorsement of the Apollo Space Program. And, sadly, partly because of his dreadful assassination. Last year, his visionary birth energy was back in place the day before the start of the Democratic National Convention, which I thought was interesting timing. But this time, not only is this in place, just as President Biden is really getting going with his agenda, this time what we see 
is the calendar round return of the exact four men, 13 woe energies that were in place on the day of John Fitzgerald Kennedy's birth. One calendar round is 52 years less 13 days. So two of these calendar round cycles means that time period times two. He was born under this very influence, as is in place at this time on this day. Same influence was in place on May 29th in 1917. The foreman, for men, part of this is that solar energy that I just mentioned, combined with the high vision of the eagle. And added to this, to make four men 13 woe, the woe part is the month, is the transformational energy of 13, which in combination with the month energy of woe, has a magical quality to it. So that's what John Fitzgerald Kennedy was born with. Those kinds of energies were in place at that time. Now, if it seems like there was something heroic about him as well, there actually was, as part of his mystique, had to do with his heroism during World War II. In the John F. Kennedy Presidential Library, there is a story about an event that happened one starless, moonless night in 1943, which happened also to be on a men or eagle night. Then, Lieutenant John F. Kennedy was part of a crew aboard a PT patrol torpedo boat in the Blackett Strait south of the Solomon Islands. It was one of the smaller boats that had set out to engage damage or even turn back the well-known Tokyo Express, which is what U.S. forces called the Japanese Navy's more or less regular supply convoy of three Japanese destroyers that acted as transports, with a fourth serving as an escort. In the inky blackness of the night of August 1st, 1943, Kennedy's PT-109 stood at her station when one of the destroyers suddenly appeared about 300 yards off PT-109's starboard bow. Kennedy and his crew first thought it was another PT boat, but when it became clear that it was one of the destroyers, Kennedy attempted to turn to starboard so his torpedoes could be fired, but there wasn't enough time. The destroyer struck the PT-109 just forward of the starboard torpedo tube and ripped away the starboard aft side of the boat. The impact tossed Kennedy around in the cockpit and most of the crew was knocked into the water. The engineer, Patrick McMahon, who was below decks, 
miraculously escaped, but he was badly burned by exploding fuel. As the destroyer sped away, the men in the water, Kennedy included, had to figure out what to do. Some had been killed, some were injured, some were able to swim, and some were not able to swim. The remains of the PT-109 were floating around, but by this time were at the point of capsizing. Kennedy, who had been on the swim team at Harvard, was a strong and able swimmer. He swam out to the injured McMahon and another man named Charles Harris, who was able to swim even though he was exhausted, but Kennedy had to basically tow the injured McMahon by a life-vest strap, and as the story goes, he had to alternately cajole and berate the exhausted Harris to keep him moving as well, back to the floating hulk of the PT-109. There was no sign of other boats or ships in the area, and the men were afraid to fire their flare gun for fear of attracting the attention of the Japanese who were on islands on all sides. Although the wreckage and parts of it were still afloat, it was taking on water and, in fact, did capsize the following morning. Overall, there was just no choice but to strike out for an islet, which is about three and a half miles away. Two of the men who couldn't swim had to be lashed to a plank that the other seven men pulled and pushed as best they could. Kennedy had to make the swim towing McMahon by a belt clamped in his teeth. He was the first to get to the island, but was so exhausted that he had to be helped up onto the beach by the man that he had towed. But this was not the end of the story. The ordeal went on for several days, with Kennedy swimming from island to island, looking for food and water and for a way to send a message so they could be rescued. I won't go through all the details of all that here, but I am attaching a link to this story in my podcast post so you can check it out. Of course, Kennedy and his crew were finally rescued several days later due to Kennedy's strength, ingenuity and vision. For his courage and leadership in this regard, he was awarded a Navy and Marine Corps medal, and the injuries he suffered during the incident also qualified him for a Purple Heart. Ten years later, he became the U.S. Senator from Massachusetts, and seven years after that, he won the election to become the 35th President of the U.S. As it happened... This very Tresina was the one that was in place in 1960 when presidential candidate Kennedy made his rapid-fire tour around 17 states just before he won the election on the very last day of this very Tresina. So, he was born on the fourth day of this Tresina, he began that tour on the sixth day, which is six caban, aligned with evolutionary movement, and won the election on the last day of this Tresina. So this was clearly a consequential and favorable 
time frame for him. Even after his death, as could be seen when they issued a commemorative stamp with his image on it, on what would have been his 47th Gregorian birthday in 1964. That stamp came out on the 11th day of this Chasina, which was the energy of inspirational wind, breath, and spirit. So, this might be seen as an example of the ebb influence that was in place and working with that four-men eagle energy at the time of his birth and how it continued to be a factor, a strong factor, right through JFK's life. Indeed, it really seems that the spirit of John Fitzgerald Kennedy is very significantly woven into the fabric, so to speak, of this overall energy frame. And as a side note, this is the same Tresina that was in place at the time of the inauguration of President Abraham Lincoln. That was on a five-keeb day, which is the energy of the day after Kennedy's birth energy. As always, there's so much more that could be said about this Tresina but more about the specific days and the nature of the energies can be found in my My Account of Days horoscope blog. That can be found at whitepoppress.ca as well as myacalendararts.com by clicking on horoscope blog. That site includes earlier podcasts, other information on Maya Calendrics, some posts on topics such as birth dates and energy cycling, and some notes about things that I offer, such as coaching services and personalized artworks. As much as there are still huge challenges that have to be met during this time frame, especially related to covid Overall, I think we can also be looking for opportunities for forward motion during this period to tie in with revitalization-oriented energies, energies that can help with the worldwide healing that is so greatly needed. The forces running through this time frame are all aligned with this idea But do keep in mind that, as always, things could get quite intense towards the end of the Tresina, around the 12th to the 13th days. Watch in particular for that 12 Akbal on May 11th that will mark two cycles exactly since we first got the hint about what was to come. Let's not forget the words of John F. Kennedy, who stated that we have the power to make this the best generation of mankind in the history of the world or make it the last. I think our choices were never clearer. 
Okay, just the reminder that for anyone who might like some assistance directly from me in terms of exploring how these kinds of energies may work within your own lives, there are a number of options outlined in my Maya Calendar Arts site. There are many different ways in which this can be approached, so feel free, if you wish, to contact me if you have any questions. Contact information is in the websites as well as information on subscribing to the Horoscope blog. Let's finish up with a couple of quotes, so two or three, from John Fitzgerald Kennedy. One that politicians, especially the GOP, need to remember would be, quote, I think the American people expect more from us than cries of indignation and attack. The times are too grave, the challenge too urgent, and the stakes too high to permit the customary passions of political debate. We are not here to curse the darkness, but to light the candle that can guide us through that darkness to a safe and sane future. Another more for everyone. If freedom is to survive and prosper, it will require the sacrifice, the effort, and the thoughtful attention of every citizen. And another. The stories of past courage can teach. They can offer hope. They can provide inspiration. But they cannot supply courage itself. For this every man must look into his own soul. And lastly, the immortal. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. As always, be well. Keep safe. Love to you all.